Hey everyone, I'm trying to send a message because someone couldn't find it because I was a couple minutes late. So let me just tell her to refresh. Hey, um, this is Carrie Beck from How to Homeschool My Child and Homeschool Coffee Break. Thank y'all so much for spending time. Yes, I apologize. I am actually a couple minutes late and I don't have a very good reason. The reason is we have people coming over. Hunter and I are sharing spaces and I went in a little bit late to make our um, dessert and make our bread as well. So let me just make sure that this is showing up y'all can see me there we go all right if you are here um uh welcome if you're here at the live or if you are here for the replay welcome i am so glad you are here this is going to be a really good session actually the next three weeks are going to be a really good session before i came on i was actually listening to greg Craig Rochelle talk about anxiety and things we need to do in our head. We will be talking about that over the next three weeks. But right now we're going to talk about our family attitudes and what spurred. Let me give you a little background. What's oh wait, if you are here, whether replay or live, please leave a comment and tell me when you look outside, does it look like fall or summer or spring or winter? For us, it's it's probably looking a little more like spring because it's bright and shiny. But this morning, it was cool enough that I could actually raise the windows and let all the cold air come in and trap it. It was awesome. I love doing that. So, so we are starting in Texas to finally get a little bit of chilly weather. Let me know what is going on in your part of the world. Let us know where you actually are. Leave a comment. That would be awesome. What I want to do is let's get... You can hear me. Okay, there we are. Um, so what I want to do today is talk about attitudes, and then we're going to talk about number one. And then the next two weeks, we'll talk about number two and number three. But here's how it sort of started. Hunter and I went to church yesterday. And for those of you that don't know, Hunter is my son. He is in transition between working in Hawaii and working in Houston. They get their lease starting this coming weekend. So we are still sharing space and everything here. Anyway, um, we were at church yesterday, and I was very moved by what we were talking about. And I just kept thinking as I took notes for myself to help me with my own attitude, with my own identity, with my own value, I realized this is something my homeschool moms need. This is something my homeschool moms need to share with their children as well. So I'm going to share a little bit of my story. We're going to talk about your story, kids' years, and then we're going to talk about how you and your kids can get this attitude thing going a little bit better. So let's talk about this. Let me just tell you a little bit about me. Some of you have heard my story. Some of you haven't. But I, was, I grew up in a Christian family. I was secure in my family. I was secure in who I was with Jesus Christ. My parents loved me. I never doubted that. You may not have had that experience. So I'm not going to like say, oh, woe is me. Like I had this horrible, that is just where God had me in growing up. Um, when I wasn't included, which was a lot of times, like I wasn't the, I was the last one chosen for the kickball team usually. Um, I didn't win the student council races until my senior year. I run like representative, but I lost a whole bunch of things. I wasn't chosen always for the art award. I was not that good of an artist, but that was a desire of mine in high school. But what God taught me was 
those things end. They are not the most important things in life. So he really dealt a lot with what was going on here. So my attitude about circumstances, which you and your children may have attitude issues about your circumstances, I felt like God had laid a good foundation. And for those of you that haven't heard my story, until about six years ago, my life just took a big, uh, big basket turnover. It was a flop. Everything fell apart. My life, like, oh my gosh, most people would look at me and go, how did you survive? One of my best friends told me this, Carrie. She goes, Carrie, that first year this all happened, six years ago, you were in PTSD. I thought, you know I am. I probably, not now, but I was. I was in such a state of shock. My life was falling apart. Even to this day, I cannot believe that I am walking through life with the things that are on my shoulders. But we're going to talk about how I have made it through these horrible six years. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with anything except keeping my thoughts on correction on Jesus. You may be falling apart. You may be like life is falling apart. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I will tell you. And for those of you that don't know, I will just, I'm not going into this in detail. You can watch my story. I can send a link if you'll ask me. Um, six years ago, my husband of at the time, 32 years of marriage, 31, 32 left. And he, oh my gosh, we had raised our kids up in the admonition of the Lord. My kids, all three of them are walking with God because he poured his life into them. That's all a whole different story. But I'm going to tell you, it was a shocker and it was like fall apart. I didn't know what to do. But I will tell you, one of the things that helped me was what happened in my life between zero and 18. Before I went off to college, my parents actually gave me a firm foundation of their love for me and their love for Jesus pouring out on me. I'm gonna start crying. I always knew who I was and where I get my value is not in the fact that I was the last one chosen for kickball, not in the fact that I lost all the races in from junior high to high school, not in the fact that I didn't win this award or that award. My value was in Jesus Christ. And I can tell you that that is what has gotten me through. If you are having hard days, we need to take a look back. Now, this is sort of a two-part thing. This is mom and this is children. We need to deal a little bit with who you are and what your background is. We're going to talk about that right now. Then we're going to move to your kids and their attitudes. Both of your attitudes might be like circling around and we may need to deal with both of them. Like I said, I don't know your story. You may have grown up in a great family. Maybe your family wasn't loving. Maybe you grew up with a lot of insecurities. Maybe you weren't included in the group or at the party or whatever it was. Maybe you were abused emotionally or even physically. We hate to even think about that. But what happens to us in childhood does affect us. Now, I'm not going to go into counseling. I can go in through all of that. But we know that what has affected us in childhood is going to affect us in adulthood. So there's two lessons. Number one, you mom, if you had a great childhood, move forward in Jesus Christ. If you had a crummy, abusive, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, then we need to flip the switch and change what's going on in here to get your attitude correct. Because whatever your attitude is, you are modeling and mentoring it for your children. Then 
we need to look at our kids. Are you giving them that foundation that my parents gave me? I am so grateful for the foundation that they gave me, for the love. Let me just tell you something. When I was growing up, my parents really never said, I love you. I really didn't think about it till I went to college. Did I ever doubt their love for me? No, because their actions spoke so loudly to me. And so I do think that is important that we need to know. Um, you know, I've named some negatives. Some of you may have just grown up spoiled, entitled, and you still feel entitled. You also need to change the reel that's going on in your head. So I think it is really important that we take a look First of all, at our growing up time, I am not a counselor, I'm not going to do this, but I do think that however we grew up, there's plenty of studies you can go find. It impacts you for the rest of your life. That's positive, like I feel like I had, or it can be negative, like some of you have felt as well. So here are some questions I would ask you to consider. How, <coughs> I don't even have any water. How are you teaching Jesus as your creator? How are you living out Jesus as your creator? How are you influencing your kids that their identity is in Jesus, not in who they are? <coughs> Excuse me. How are you gaining, how are you gaining your own true identity? How are you teaching your kids their true identity in Christ? Let me get a sip for a second. So, so sorry. Um, let me just set this here. Okay, so let's talk about this. I do think your identity determines your attitude. How we view ourselves determines everything that's going on around us. Our true identity is in Jesus Christ. That is empowering. And so I think that's super important that we realize that. If you feel your true identity is in Jesus, you can pour that out to your kids and start teaching them from two and three years old. Gentry, my middle daughter, would teach, um, talk to Ann, to Landry. And I thought, you know, I haven't heard that in a while. And she would tell them, I am strong, I am kind, I am smart, I am loving. And she would say, Landry, you are strong, you are kind, you are smart, you are loving. Now, that's maybe a little too much um, worldliness, but you can also say, I am a princess. I am a princess with Jesus Christ. I am a child of God, and I get to walk into the throne room of Jesus Christ and God the Father. Those are things that you can say to your children. Those are things you should be saying to yourself if you're struggling with this. False identity. False identity is defeating. It puts our trust in us, in ourself, in the roles we are playing. Let's talk about mom first. In the roles we are playing in life, in the organizations that we are involved in, the activities that we are involved in. Activities, the service at church. Oh my goodness, I'm in charge of this, that, or the other. Leadership. Now, I say that because I'm speaking to myself. I want to be a leader. I love being a leader. Not necessarily control, but I do believe God's given me a gift in this. But there are times I don't need to be the leader. I don't need the recognition. I like the pats on the back. And when you're the leader, you get some pats on the back. Those things are going to die. They're going to be gone. Our accomplishments. So I am talking maybe at home and your community and your neighborhood but even and especially in church, we, I think, find so much value and identity in who we are at church and what we do in church. 
all of these things come to an end, but our relationship with Jesus Christ never does. It lasts for eternity. Let's look at Colossians 1. I'm going to read a few verses and then we'll draw some conclusions. The Son, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things are created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, thrones and powers, rulers, authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. We're talking about Jesus. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. That's a foundation. And we are a child of this man who is the creator of all, but who holds everything together in his hand. But listen to this. For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in him, in Jesus, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You see, God has reconciled you and your children to himself through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the cross. And that is something we need to be teaching our kids, that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ because of the blood in Jesus. I can tell you right now, three-year-old Grand Landry, and thank you, God, for Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. Does she understand all the depths of it? No, but she is pouring truth in her heart. What truth are you pouring into your children as well? That's the background. Now let's dive into number one. Number one truth. You are accepted in Christ. Your children are accepted in Christ. If your kids have a bad attitude, it may be that they don't feel accepted in your family. They may not feel accepted in their with their friends. There's a lot of places they may not feel accepted in. I was just listening to Craig Rochelle talk about anxiety. And I'm going to tell you right now, teenagers and college kids are dealing with depression, anxiety, and suicide at rates more than I can even imagine. If your children have a bad attitude, we probably need to go back to their heart. There's probably some deeper things going on. Now, you may have messed up. I will tell you right now, I messed up plenty of times as a parent. I still mess up as a parent. But you can go back and begin to change the thoughts. Now, I'm going to share something that didn't even in my notes. But Craig Rochelle reminded me. Um, Carolyn Leaf, who is a Christian psychologist, all uh, PhD on neuroplasticity, 30 days of daily consistent prayer will change the way the brain thinks, so much so that the brain scan will see a difference. So let's start with prayer for our children. Prayer for you, prayer for your children. 30 days of consistent prayer for you or for your child or whomever. And I'm thinking of a friend of mine who sent me several texts today. And 30 days of consistent prayer will change the way you think. And then if you can pray with your children 30 days every day consistently, it will change the way your brain thinks and possibly change their attitude as well. So, I think what's important is you find your identity and value as a child, as a daughter of Jesus Christ, a daughter of God Almighty. You are a princess of the King of Kings. John 1, 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Two things to become a child, a princess. You receive him, 
you believe in him. You receive who Jesus is. He is the son of God Almighty. And what he did, he died on the cross for your sins. You receive that. And then you believe the right to, uh, you believe that he did these things. Then you have the right to be a child of God as well. So we need to talk about being accepted and who we truly are. You need to know that if you have not experienced this yourself, you need to work on this yourself first and deal with it yourself and your identity and your value. Your value is not, I think the number one value is in being a child of God. But I also think that you find value in being a, a wife and a mom. Then it's your work or a homeschool mom or your education or your activities or whatever. I think those three things, because you look at Titus 2 about young women, and that is what he says, that we are children of God, a young woman of God who loves their husband and loves their children and keeps their home. Those are the top three things he lists as what young women should learn. So believe and receive. Now the next thing is, all right, we got all those voices going on. Block out the enemy's voice. You are accepted by God. Get rid of the enemy's voice. There is a battle. There is a battle. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't in Ephesians 6. It is fighting up there. It is not your husband. It is not your children. It is not your mother-in-law. It is not your next-door neighbor. It is not the people at church that are talking behind your back. The enemy is up in the heaven fighting for your soul, for your family's soul, for your kids' souls. So the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I love this example. And a lot of what I'm talking about was from church yesterday. My Our pastor, Tyler, I went after, up afterwards. I was like, I am sharing this with my homeschool moms. I wasn't sure what I was going to share tomorrow, but I know for the next three weeks we're going through these three points. He used this example, and so I'm going to steal it. And here's what he said. If my son is on the pitching mound and he is pitching the ball, he needs to block out all the things the people in the stands are saying, block out all the things the other coaches are saying. He needs to listen to my voice and he needs to do what he's supposed to do. This is true for you, mom. Block out all those voices and it's true for your children. And you will need to train them and help them with this. So let's talk about a few examples. I really love that example because we were a sports family and I remember Gentry. Well, they even, I think all three of them pitched it sometimes. Whether you're playing first place or hitting or whatever, you need to block out all the things. And I'm telling you, boys hear a lot of things out there. So we need to block out the enemy's voices. What voices are you giving airtime to? friends, social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, novels, TV shows, movies. The enemy is sneaky and he uses subtleness in our culture to destroy your value and mine, to destroy your identity and mine. It's the same with our kids. What voices are your kids giving airtime to? Are they giving airtime to friends? The number one voice we need to give airtime to is God. Your kids also need to give airtime to you, but too often they get influenced by friends or by social media. Again, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and you might have to tell them. You know, I am of the family of God, and so there are some TV shows I do not watch. There are movies I don't watch. There are novels that I don't read. There are things that I don't need to do on my phone. 
maybe your kids. You're like, well, you know what? We don't we don't just sit and scroll our screens all day long because we're in the Beck family. We don't watch that TV show because we're in the Beck family. <coughs> and so, and here was a big one for my kids because they would get invited to movies. We don't watch that movie because we're in the Beck family. Now, as they got older, we did transition to having them make some of those decisions. But there are standards, and we try to make our standards God's standards. What are you, then, uh, so that's one thing. What voices are you allowing in your head and you're allowing in your kid's head? Then, what are you saying to your children? Whatever you are saying out loud affects their attitude. Do they know for sure that you love them? Do you ever give, a, give them a hug? Like one thing, when we had kids, that was one, we are going to tell them every day we love them. I was going to tell Steve. Now, when I was growing up, my dad and my mom said, I love you every single day. I never doubted that. That probably gave me a lot of security. I don't know why, but I never doubted their love. They were just so generous and loving and wonderful to me. I thank God for that because I know that not everyone had that. I am not bragging on that. I am just saying by the grace of God, I received that. Then fast forward 60 years and then it's like, oh, um, because I don't feel loved by my husband. I don't feel, feel rejected. You know, there are things that I don't feel. And yet, I know I am loved by God. I know my identity and my value is in God. I am a princess and I can always walk boldly into the throne of God. All right. Um, picture of God's love. Yes. Okay. We're going to fast forward through. Uh, I had some things on here. Um, Romans 8. We will just conclude with this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We are children. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought you out your adoption to sonship. So he is saying we are no longer slaves to fear, but we are children of God. So we need to get past the fear, the spirit of slavery, slavery to bad attitudes, the slavery to insecurities. We're going to talk about insecurities and feeling insignificant in the next three weeks. But right now we're talking about you are accepted by God. I want to just say a few things. Well, let me start with sufferings. The next verse also says, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This is all Romans 8, 14 through 17. Um, God brings sufferings and trials for you, for your kids, and for me, for our good. We can either have a victim mentality, woe is me, or we can have a repentant attitude, forgive me for my sins. Because let me tell you, even when Steve left, I knew that I had things I needed to work on, and I still have things I need to work on. But I want to follow up and end with this. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we should not be slaves, we should not live in fear. And I'm going to talk about it right now because, as you can see, it is fall time. Where are they? We got the pumpkins going on here. Halloween. And it's gotten worse. It was nothing like when I was a kid. And now, Halloween was just a dress up time. It's gotten dark. And it is outside. You every. It is like the number two holiday they decorate for. And as I walk through my neighborhood, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like skeletons and death. We are celebrating death. And we need to proclaim life. We need to proclaim light. And we need to do something different. We need, as parents, 
to focus on what is good and true and light. And we need to pour that into our children. Philippians 4, 8. And we need to share that with our children. For that reason, tomorrow night, I actually have a Facebook party completely free right here in the group. And um, it's all about alternatives to Halloween. I'm going to be honest. I don't have a problem with getting dressed up and going around and getting candy, personally. But the darker it gets, and let's face it, the world has taken over in darkness and in death. And we as Christians need to be the proclaimers of light and life. And you need to be uh, a model and a mentor for your kids that we live in light. So we're going to talk about things you can do during this month that are alternatives to Halloween. I would love for you to come. We have some door prizes. We have freebies. We have giveaways. We have some flash sales. We've got all sorts of things. And the most important thing, we have encouragement with practical ideas of things that you could actually use here. So let me just say, consider your identity in Christ. You are accepted in Christ. You are a child of God a daughter of the princess, spirit of the living God, the king of kings living inside of you. You need to live that out, and then you need to pour that out into your children as well. I will put a link to the Facebook party as soon as I finish. Um, or if you have any questions, I didn't really think about that. So I will um, follow up now. Thank you for your time. I'm Carrie Beck with How to Homeschool My Child and Homeschool Coffee Break.